Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Um, welcome, welcome. Here we go, here we go. It's uh, Roasted Anchor Coffee Company Thursday, and we always get to have our beautiful wife, Kelly Girl, with us on Thursday. So here we go, gang. Hi. Here we go, here we go. Listen, gang, it's super important. If you have a question for Kelly or myself, I, there they come. You just simply text the show. And how do you text the show? You just go 949-374-0786. Every bathroom wall in America. <laughs> in case you forgot it. <laughs> your saltwater guide. There's lots of people that are. Put my phone number all over the bathroom walls, and we appreciate it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We appreciate your, it. Your number's been on the wall. Yeah. My wall, bathroom wall for quite way before, way before, long before I knew you. <laughs> long before we got into this social yeah. media thing. Gang, I want to thank Kelly Girl for joining us today. It's, it's Thursday, and thank you very much, oh, honey, for joining my us. My it's it's going to be an awesome show, gang. We're talking fishing on this show. If you haven't seen us before... If you're new, we try to do this show Monday through Friday, 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, across all social media platforms, Megaphone, Apple, and uh, Spotify as far as the, the podcast goes. And then we're live on Facebook and YouTube every day, Monday through Friday. And then it goes out on all the old, other social media as soon as, as soon as we finish up the show. The show usually lasts about an hour. And we try to talk as much about fishing as we possibly can. But also, we have Kelly Girl with us, and she gives insight to you, those of you that are thinking of taking your spouses out fishing or taking your spouses out on your private boat or going out on a sport boat and thinking about taking your spouses out. Kelly Girl can answer any of those questions that you have, and if she can't, Come up with a good answer. I'll help her out if a little bit. I can't make something up. <laughs> if she doesn't make something up good, yeah, I sure me. will. I'll make up something really good. Yeah. And gang, something that I want you all to understand. Right now on social media, we're getting approximately 30 million views a month. That's that a is, That's, that's a, a couple. I, I didn't believe that when you told me that. And then I actually saw the number numbers myself and yes it's true I yeah that's really that's awesome but but you, <laughs> you don't have to believe us you can go look the videos are all there it's all posted all over across social media we put out three brand new videos every single day and uh okay if you're if you have a company and you're you're uh spending money on print ads do you, you mean own, like mac like a yeah you might want to think about it i haven't I haven't picked up a magazine in I don't know how long. Pacific Coast Sport Fishing well, Magazine. Yeah, I did. Because, oh, we, because, we're in there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, aside from that, I, I don't. You I think didn't know about that they it. Still magazines. It's it's important to think about where your money's going, and if you're investing in somebody else 
some influencer that's getting like 12, 13 views a year. You may want to check into your saltwater guide gang. Just our podcast alone gets phenomenal amount of views and downloads. We have we have uh, just taken the Monday spot was just taken, so we don't have anything available right now. But you may want to reach out to us and let us know if you're thinking, that, hey, I want to, I want a million people to look at my product. Hey, it might be worth it to check me out. Give me a call 949-374-0786. You never know. There might be an opening. You never know. But we're helping out Roasted Anchor Coffee Company all the time. They're, they're selling plenty of coffee. Gang, we'll put their QR code up in, a, in just a second here on... Uh, Did you like your coffee this morning? It was incredible. Mm -hmm. I heard you grinded I gr it. I was yeah. grinding that up fresh uh, last, late last night. I did that. So good. Roasted Anchor Coffee Company gave away a cool bag of swag last month. They're doing the same offer again this month. All you have to do is grab the QR code that we just flashed up on the on the social on Facebook and YouTube. Hit that QR code, gang. That says that you visited the store. By visiting the store, going through the QR code, Elliot can track it, and then we're going to give away another bag of swag. We're going to give away a, another one of those bags of coffee from. Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. We're also going to give away a Your Saltwater Guide t-shirt. So go over there and check it out. All you got to do is enter the store to qualify for the drawing. Then Kelly Girl will pick the name out of the hat on uh, July 1st, and we'll give away that bag of swag. So grab that QR code right now and get over there. And if you guys over here on TikTok don't know what I'm talking about or Spotify or Apple or Megaphone, the name of the company is Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. They make a phenomenal coffee. They're based out of San Diego. It is a really cool company. It's all based around fishing. The slogans and the, the, the things that they say on the bags of coffee are pretty cool, right, Ben? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Here. Let's check out. So this is uh, the light roasted. This is what I like a lot, the light roasted. And then Kelly Girl loves the no. dark. That's, this is the medium. Okay, the medium. I don't think we have the... Uh, you just grinded oh, it up this yeah. morning, no, right? No, it's because it's downstairs. In the okay. <laughs> so there's some cool little sayings on the sides of the bags. There's all kinds of cool stuff. It's, it's unbelievable that these guys are so relatable to fishing. Like the Home Guard Light Roasted. It's just like the California Home Guard Yellowtail. Our Light Roasted is packed full of power and energy to take you to take on even the hardest daily adventures. That is so true, gang. This stuff is so tasty. And when Kelly grinds it up, it's, the way the house smells afterwards is just incredible. You can't buy that scent anywhere. It's, in a, it's a really bitching product. So go over there and check out. Go to the QR code and check it out. And we'll throw something else up here in a little bit about the product. But this is how the coffee is going to come to you in these bitching bags. Oh. <laughs> I want a cup of coffee right now. But hey, gang, don't forget to text the show. It's text the show Thursday. Kelly Girl's dying to answer your questions. I'm dying. She can't. <laughs> she's so excited to answer your questions. I, she lives for Thursdays. She can't wait for Thursdays. She wants to be a part of 949-374-0786 is how you can text us and how you can get your question read on here. We got our very first question from my good buddy, John Stanley, who's always there to support your saltwater guide. And what a great week you had fishing with the kids, huh? Had a phenomenal time out fishing with the kids. He uh, posted up on the uh, 
on the community section. You can't believe the pictures of the fish. And then his wife caught that beautiful sheephead. And he wants to know when he brought up the sheephead and he was looking at it, there were these little like bugs crawling all around it. Those things are actually keeping that fish clean. These are a little bug. I don't know the exact name of them. They do not hurt the fish in any way, shape, or form, but they're keeping the, the fish clean. They're constantly roaming all, all over the fish, eating all the garbage off the protective slime and keeping that fish fresh and keeping them healthy. They are a, they, you'll see when you catch calico bass, sand bass, mako sharks, marlin, they all have different types of bugs that live on them when they're swimming around the ocean. And most of those bugs are there to make the fish better, enhance the fish's life. Yeah. <laughs> Marley, you got to quit throwing these lines at us, buddy. What's Marley, gang? If you haven't seen our shows before, Marley is the smallest monkey in the world. He is a marmoset monkey. He stands eight and a half inches tall, full grown. This guy's a little over a year old. He's right there. He's our the baby monkey. He's right <laughs> there. He loves his mommy a Hi, lot. Buddy. He's just watching her, make sure that she's doing a good job on the show and answering all the questions. But those little bugs, John, are nothing to be worried about. All right, but you're going to see them now that you noticed them on the sheephead. You're going to see them constantly on all the fish that you catch, especially if they're living down on the reefs on the bottom. The, the more that they live on the reefs, the, the more you're going to the more you're going to see. <clears throat> we just got a question. Someone's asking that considering working on a boat cooking am i too old to do construction anymore if i could spend the rest of my years on the water it's where hard to any tips or codes to live by thanks cap if you're going to work on a boat if you're going to do that for a living let me just tell you something right now you're going to work a phenomenal amount of hours okay and if you think you get a break every two hours for 15 minutes that's out the window if you think you're going to get overtime or double time, if you have to work more than eight hours, that's out the window. It's a grind. It's great. I loved it. I did it for 40-something years. I had a ball. It was a phenomenal lifestyle. I really enjoyed it a lot, but it is a phenomenal amount of hours. And if you're the cook on the boat, let me just explain something to you. You have to have, of all the people that are working on the boat, the cook has to have the very best attitude of everybody. Because the cook, you're going to start your day at 4 o'clock in the morning. You're going to be cooking your potatoes and your bacon. And you're going to be making the coffee. And people are going to be getting up and they're going to be right up in your face. <laughs> they're excited. It's their day to go fishing. They don't care that you just worked 60-some hours in the last four days. That's not, their, that's not their concern. They're excited. They're happy. They're fired up. They're out fishing. And they want their coffee, they want their potatoes, they want their eggs cooked that way. And you have to understand, you're the front line on the boat. You used to be a cook. I was. I was a very, very good cook. Okay. I, what I was your it. favorite thing that you would cook? What was, what was your specialty? What was your, like, best dip? I loved to make breakfast in the morning, and I would, I would get my potatoes cooked, and I'd get my bacon cooked. And once I got all that cooked, it was probably, like, 5.30 in the morning, I would come out on the deck and I would take orders and I'd get orders from everybody. I'd just walk down the rail and take your breakfast orders. 
I didn't ask you if you wanted breakfast. I asked you, what did you want for breakfast? Wow. How do you want your eggs? I don't give you, a, I didn't give you an opportunity to say, oh, I don't want breakfast. No, what, how do you want your eggs cooked? And I would ask each and every person and I would go down the line and then I would cut, I would get it back inside the galley and I would time myself and see if I could get 40 breakfasts out in Jeez. an hour. And I, I was pretty good at it. And then the minute you got done with the last breakfast, you'd come back out on the deck and you'd walk back through and you go, has anybody out here not had their breakfast yet? Does anybody need their breakfast? Then I'd get the last four or five orders. I'd go back inside. I'd finish cooking those. I'd clean up the galley. And then I'd get maybe an hour, hour and a half of sleep. And then it'd be time to start breakfast or start lunch. lunch. And you start lunch at 10 30, 11 o'clock. You chop up all your, you chop up all the, um, Lettuce, tomatoes, mm-hmm. onions, get all that, make up your secret sauce, get that ready. Then I'd throw four or five whole onions. I'd chop them all up real fine. I'd throw a big slab of butter out on the mm-hmm. grill, and I'd throw all the onions on the grill. Oh. And that's what we call in the business chum. You're out on a sport boat, and you're, you're smelling those onions cooking in the galley. I don't care if you're not even hungry. Then I would come out while the onion smell was going out across the deck. I would come out with my order form and I'd go, how do you want your burger cooked? How do you want your burger cooked? What do you want on your burger? Wow. And I wouldn't ask you if you wanted a burger. I'd ask you how you wanted it cooked. And I would go down the whole boat because in the industry, all the money on the sport boats made in the galley. And I knew that because I'd been in the industry my whole life. So I knew how to run a galley and I knew how to do it well. And I knew that we were the front line with the people and you could make or break your trip just by the food alone because fish are an added extra bonus. It's all about service and it's all about entertainment. Mm-hmm. Then I would go inside and I'd start cooking burgers. Oh, because there's, be there's nothing like a burger, a sport boat burger. I don't care. You can take all the same ingredients home and cook them and it just um, does not taste. Do you remember the first time I had a, a burger from a sport boat? How did I get it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were out fishing on my skiff and we were fishing and I said, Kelly, you want a burger? And she didn't understand. She's I was like, like yeah, okay. I want a burger, but how's that happen? How am I going to get a burger right in there in the middle of the ocean? And we called Brian Woolley. Mm-hmm. On the Sun Fun. On the Sun Fun. And I ordered up a couple of cheeseburgers for Kelly and I with grilled onions on them. And 20 minutes later, he called me on the radio, or called me on my phone, told me to come pick up our burgers. Yeah. We cruised <laughs> over there, and it was just like going through a drive-thru. We yep. pulled up to the Sun Fun, got our burgers, and got some sodas and bags of chips. I was to say the least. I really was. I was like, wow, this is, this is insane. This, this is uptown <laughs> on a Saturday night. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's how I hooked her, boys, if you want to know. That's how yeah. I hooked the Kelly girl. Get it a good burger off a sport boat. And we got bait. We've gotten bait, too. That was we got cool. a lot of bait from the sport boat, guys. Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. Okay, Danny F. wants to know, hey, Kelly, if I pull up a rockfish from 50 feet of water, do I need to send it down with a descending device? If it's coming up from 50 feet of water, Danny, it's probably not going to get bloated. And it's about how fast you wind it up, too. Because you can wind a sand bass up from 50 feet of water. If you wind it up real fast, he's going to get the bends. He's gonna, his stomach's going to shoot out of his mouth, and he's going to get those bubbles in his skin. If you're fishing in 50 feet of water and you slowly wind the fish up, he has a chance to adjust to the pressure. Right? Right. Isn't that cool? Then he's not going to need the descending device. The problem is... It's about the speed that he comes from the bottom to the top. That's going to change the, and you can look at the fish. 
if his stomach's hanging out of his mouth and he's got little bubbles around his spinal section where his spines are, then he came up too fast and you're definitely going to have to put him down with a descending device because he's not going to have the opportunity to swim back down. He's not going to have the opportunity to get back down to the bottom. It Normally, they're going to get eaten by a seagull or a pelican or something flying by. So, yeah, you want to use the descending device as much as you possibly can. And then, uh, gang, we need your questions. Not too many people are... What what are we going to do for them to get their questions in? What do you want to uh, give them? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Jeez. You want to give them a shirt? A shirt. Yeah, we give them a shirt. If you guys send in your questions... We're Kelly Girl, and today we'll make sure we don't forget to, to let you know who won the shirt. So Kelly Girl will pick one person. But if you don't send in your questions, you're not going to get a shirt. And John and Danny, you already sent in a question, so you don't get, you're not in the running. You have to send in another question. And uh, John Stanley, right now the Grunion Run is uh, tonight and tomorrow night. 10.20 to 12.20 tonight and 3 or uh, 10.45 to 12.45 tomorrow night. Tonight will probably be the very best night. Grunion Runs in San Diego. You're going to want to go. I'm not real familiar with the Grunion Runs in San Diego. What I am familiar with is Doheny Beach and Dana Point. Dana Point and I'm also familiar with, I'm also familiar with uh, Salt Creek. Those two beaches are big, long, slope beaches, so it gives the Grunion a chance to come up on the beach. So, John, you're very familiar with San Diego. I would look for those beaches that have that long, sloping sand, not that great big wall of shore break where actually the Grunion have a chance to come up onto the beach and run. And tonight would be the very best night. And if you can't pull it off tonight, John, then... The 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th of March. And uh, what we'll do. Of March. What do you mean March? Our, God, what am I looking at? I don't know. Which, I don't Good morning. Know. But if you haven't done it, uh, it is so much fun. For sure. Isn't it going to get It is a blast. Oh, my God. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's outrageous. But it's so fun. You do it at night, and it's dark. and I was looking at the wrong dates. I apologize. It's month. the 18th, the 19th, the 20th, and the 21st of June. Those are the nights where you can go and you can go look and see what's going on and check them out. You're not allowed to take them, but you can go look. It's. <laughs> are you allowed to use them for bait? Is that what a, a question that I still don't know the answer to after all this time I've been with you? Is it, can we talk? Can you say? It's only illegal if you get caught. Because <laughs> we used to have a lot of grunion in our freezer and... It's just like candy to the fish, right? Some fish, right? Yeah, it's it's probably. Oh, we're getting a lot of questions now that you're giving away a shirt. They're flying yeah. in, baby. They're right. flying in. That grunion thing is an observation only in the month of June. I apologize from the bottom of my heart telling everybody last week on the show to go grunion hunting and you can take them. Dan, it's next month. So don't take any grunion. You're going to prison. Ooh. Yeah. They're going to arrest you for that, but you can go take as much stuff from Walmart as you want, and they won't arrest you. But if you get caught with a grunion in the state of California, you're going down, Hash Brown. They'll probably come look for you because somebody will say, I'm the bad man. Here's the thing. When it comes to law, don't listen to me. (laughs) Right? Right. Probably not a good idea. Right? Right. 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 Unfortunately. 
No, you're, you're a law-abiding citizen. I'm I mean, a law-abiding citizen. For the most part, you really are. Mike Lewis, I just got that bait-catching video from our good friend Justin. He did exactly what I said, and you're going to be blown away, and we'll post that up, and we'll tag you in it, and we'll get it up there in the next couple days. I apologize. It's taken so long, but I needed him to catch bait to show me how we do it. Okay? Dan and Kim, have Hi. you gone grunion hunting with Captain Dave Kelly? Yes, I have, and it was the first time. No, actually, it was not the first time I went with my parents. Oh, did you? Uh, when I was younger, yes. But, the yes, I've been with Dave, and it is a blast. So much fun. That was like. Did I have Taco Bell that night, Kim and Dan want to know? I don't remember. I don't think so. Well, you know the Taco Bell story, the grunion story. Oh, yeah. No, he did not. He did I did not, not poop did my not. pants that night. <laughs> Not that night, but <laughs> that's for another out of the nighttime show. We'll do a nighttime show where Kelly can tell some real Cap Dave stories. Oh, I have the a children lot. aren't listening. But yeah, we make that video, Mike, and we'll get it up. I apologize. Which scent of something fishy do you like more, Kelly? Uh, I prefer, I like the. I like the citrus lemony scent. This one. I like them both. I like them both. But if I had to choose, if I had to pick one, it'd be this one. But this one's good too. And something fishy is a phenomenal product. We had a video about it. We posted. I last love week. this stuff. I love it. As you can see, I have monkey. I have cat. our house is like a flipping I've got zoo. Dave, and this stuff is amazing. It's it's fantastic. I I have. Two bottles, one of each scent, in every room in this house. Every every room, like every bathroom, bedroom. I love it. I just love them. I love it. It's it's fantastic. I think I got a video here. Gang, roasted. Never mind. Wrong okay. video. Sorry, Sorry about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, the something fishy thing. It's amazing for our house. Our house is like a zoo, and it just takes well, that. Like our house Sent away. Our, this makes our house smell good, but I love this because it just, yeah, it just really, I spray it in the cat litter box, and that's where I love to use it the most. So this stuff is awesome. I mean, we need, no, we got some. We have a whole bunch of We have some. Oh, we have some, yeah. We've got plenty. We got some. We got enough for this weekend. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. We put them in the car. We have them everywhere. Both, all cars. Yep, we got them all over the place. Don't That's awesome on the boat. But today is Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. We're just answering questions. We're doing what we do. But don't forget, gang, if you go over to Roasted Anchor Coffee Company and just enter the store, and you don't have to purchase anything, no purchase necessary, you are going to get an opportunity to win the bag of swag that Roasted Anchor Coffee Company is giving away, a T-shirt, some coffee. You're going to win that. One lucky person, Kelly Girl, is going to pick the name. So grab that QR code there and don't be shy. And those of you on uh, TikTok, just go over to Roasted Anchor Coffee Company, buy some of that coffee, check it all out. You will be shocked at how good the coffee is and how tasty it is. But grab that QR code because we're pulling it back down here because we're doing this show. Grab the QR code and just by entering the store, you're going to be able to qualify for that prize when Kelly Girl pulls your name out of the hat on July 1st. All right. So we have a lot of questions, sweetie. Okay. Do you have time? I 
I don't, yeah, of course I have, you have time. time. All right. Oh, everybody. So Brian from uh, Louisiana is asking about the flags. How are they coming? Are we going to have flags? Are we going to have them up? Yeah, I ordered the flags. The, the printer is going to be printing them. John Stanley doesn't know he's going to be part of the distribution of the flags because <laughs> they're being made in San Diego, and I haven't told John yet. <clears throat> but, yeah, we're going to get the flags. John, thanks for giving me. <clears throat> the guy's number. As soon as we get the flags, Brian, we will let everybody know we have them, and That's then we'll get the addresses and get them out to you as quick as we possibly can. All right. So we didn't get a name, and I'm sure I know who you are, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> a lot of boats just do food as part of the package these days, so I don't think I'll have to sell anything, but thankful for the info, Dave. I'd like to... Oh, okay. You got it. Okay, Darren. Hello, Dave and Kelly. I've been so busy with the kids, school, sports, hopefully finally getting the boat out this weekend. The North Nine Mile Bank. What are the depth ranges I should be looking at? High spots probably. Thank you very much. All right, that North Nine Mile Bank, the outside edge of it is pretty spectacular. I'm going to send you some numbers. We also have some numbers available on the website. They're fishing that stuff in like six to 800 feet of water. But Darren, here's the deal. The water's gotten much cleaner on the coast. There's yellowtail at Point Loma. There's yellowtail at La Jolla. We're talking about it on our game plans today. There's also a trickle of barracuda showing up. The calico bass fishing is really good. That rockfish is great for when we don't have all the other stuff. But right now, the table's set. The calico bass are in the spawn mode. They're starting to bite really good. There's still a lot of little rockfish to catch along the edges of the kelp at, at Point Loma. So I would suggest not rockfish fishing this weekend. I would suggest fishing the edges of the kelp at Point Loma or La Jolla and doing that and maybe strips of squid on the bottom if you just need to get a bite. There's plenty of little blue bass and uh, calico rockfish and stuff like that on the rocks there at, at Point Loma. On the edge of the kelp, green tanks, five tanks, those spots are the pipe. There's plenty of stuff to catch right now with the water temperature creeping up, 63, 64, and the clarity getting better. The water start are the calicos and the sheephead and all that stuff starting to bite way better on the artificial reefs. If you look at John Stanley's report, he had a great day a couple days ago, and I'm sure he would be more than happy to let you know where he was, Darren. So just go to our community and Ask John where he was at. Go check that out. I think your daughter and yourself would have a much better time fishing that. But if you have a burning desire to drop a big weight down 800 feet, I'll I'll help you with that too. But I think <laughs> your daughter would be way, way more into fishing for that bass and oh, stuff yeah. and maybe catch a yellowtail at the edge of the kelp. That's just me and that's just what I think. So what do you got, honey? All right. This is from Isaac. Isaac wants to know uh, if there is a better time to try to schedule your trip around the moon phase. All right, Isaac, that's a great question. We get asked that question so much, so, so much. And, and uh, the thing is about that moon phase is if you try to schedule your trips around that, the day you finally get to go will be the day that it's too windy or <laughs> your wife has something for you to do or your kids have a choir practice or something the best time to go fishing like i was telling my guys i was fishing with yesterday is the day you can go but if you have epic amount of time and you're retired and you can 
start picking around the moon phase, then I have a whole series over on my website, your saltwater guide about the moon phase. I'll do is do a quick synopsis scenario here. What I was taught since I was a little boy, and it almost works flawlessly as I watched this whole thing over the last 48 years, seven days before the full moon and seven days after the full moon have always seemed to be the very best day to go fishing if you can schedule your trip around that. Why do the fish not like the full moon? Well, they do. They love it. But that's when they travel a lot. They move a lot. I mean, we have a big, big area of bluefin up behind Catalina, between Catalina and Clemente right now that we talk about on our on our, pot, our, our uh, game plans this weekend. We had one of our members, Jim Buchanan and his wife, Lori. They hired Leo. They went out. They caught a 230-pound bluefin, and they caught two legal white sea bass on the guide trip that Leo went with them on. I just got all that information last night and this morning from Leo. They had a phenomenal yes. trip, and Lori and Jim, they deserved a phenomenal trip. They've been <laughs> members since the very beginning of the website, and they went out with Leo and had a really, really good time. And those pictures are up on the community section of our website if you want to go check them out and see. Go ahead. <laughs> you guys are funny. Super funny. Uh, okay. Uh, somebody. Oh, this is Dan. Dan is asking if I'd rather go shopping with my girlfriends or fishing with Dave. Definitely fishing with Dave. And because I don't like shopping with anyone, I like to go by myself. Um, right? Do, do I? I mean, I don't. I just. That's just the thing. And, but I'd rather go fishing with Dave for sure. Than shopping with Dave, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, shopping, yeah, I'd rather go fishing than shopping. Gang, when we go to the store, I'm that guy that goes and sits in the car. Or he's the guy that's like right behind me. I'm not Following going. me, just like. Hovering. Oh, no, no. I'm a hoverer. I, I, I like to go. I would go to Costco, right? I want to go up and down every single aisle just to look. I mean, sometimes that's like the highlight of my day around here. But uh, it's. You yeah, know. because Kelly lives in a really poopy place, no. Cabo San Lucas. The scenery's no, horrendous. No, we have a lot of stuff going on with the ocean. The animals take a lot of time. But anyway, so I'd rather go fishing with Dave, hands down. Thank hands you. Down. Wow. Down. I'm going to hold her to that one, Dan. I'm going to hold her down to that one. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, hold on this one. Wait. Okay, I'll let you read this one from Tim Ogilvy. <laughs> I exercise my... my through hold valves today, like you suggested, I noticed sometimes my bait tank live well won't pump water until the boat rocks around a bit. Is it an airlock or is this a common thing? Here's what I do with my bait line, Tim. Disconnect the line from the, the seacock or the through hold valve. Disconnect the line from there. Open and close the gate valve and see what the flow looks like. And then also look from your... From where it comes in to where it goes into your bait tank, look at that whole hose and make sure there's any, there isn't any blockage because something's something's restricting that pump from pumping that water up there. You may have something stuck between your seacock and your bait pump. So you want to look at that. You want to take it apart and look at it and get a good look at it. If that makes any sense at all. And if you need more guidance or more help, like I always say, you guys can call me anytime you want, especially you, Tim. With our history. No, all members. Anybody that's a member of my website, my phone's on all day. You can ask Kelly Girl. I talk to everybody Every all the time. Day. That's something I can promise you about our website, gang. Our website is super duper 
user yes. friendly. Yes. And it's a very personal yeah. website. Oh, yeah. I talk to each and every one of the members. You call everybody that's a new member. You you personally call them. They are they're always blown away that it's Dave Hansen or your saltwater guy is actually calling. It's not. I mean, how what app do? Where do you you know sign up on a site or a, a, an app and the creator actually or the person who runs it, whatever you don't run it, but actually calls you and welcomes you and that, you know, walks you through the, the site. The it's whole site. Cool. I give you a full tour. If you are members of our website, you watch our show, you haven't talked to me, you haven't got the full tour, then you are not utilizing the website to its fullest potential. There's so much to learn and so much to do on the website there. You can't go Google how to use my website. You can't go to a YouTube video and see how to use my website. That's not how it works. You have to talk to me. It, I know it's scary, <laughs> but you got to actually talk to me, and I'll give you a tour, and you'll be blown away. And all you got to do is call me. You don't even – I'll give you a free look. I'll give you a free <laughs> tour. You don't even have to sign up. Call me, 949-374-0786. I'll give you a free tour. Also, text – we got we got a little bit of time left okay, here. Well, wait, I have so, a question. No, I'm just <laughs> adjusting my pants. All right. Well, me, it happens when you get old. You got to close it for a sec. This is Brad. Brad from Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, Brad. How are you? Hi, buddy? Brad. And his wife are. He, they're driving in. She's listening, and he wants to know: Is there a story behind why you call me Kelly Girl? Kelly Girl. When I met her, she had the most viewed profile on a website called Bloody Decks, and that was her. That was her handle on there. Was Kelly Girl, so she was already known in the industry as Kelly Girl. So, I guess I came. I don't. I guess I came up with that, and yeah. So you just started calling me that. So she's Kelly Girl. They, all the, all the people that sponsor us, and all the, all the tackle companies, and all the, the magazines, and everybody knows. Everyone knows Kelly as Kelly Girl. <laughs> Our uh, producer, Elliot, he knows her as Kelly Girl. Every time we put anything up, it's all always Kelly Girl because they all know Kelly Hansen is Kelly Girl. They, if we told everyone Kelly Hansen's going to be on the show, they're like, who's Who? that? Who? Yeah, who's Kelly. that? Who? <laughs> so we've been together for 17 years, going on 18. And, and every, it seems like everybody knows me as Kelly Girl. Yeah, everybody. they don't even say anything but Kelly Girl. They never say yeah. Kelly Hansen, how are you? Or, hey. Kelly Girl. Hansen's chick, how are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hansen's chick. Oh, God. No, they'll say you're Kelly Girl's husband. We were at, do you remember at the time we were at Bass Pro Shop long ago, long time ago, and the two older gentlemen recognized me and said, Oh, you're Kelly Girl, but they didn't say anything to you. No, I remember. <laughs> and I remember the police officer. I think that made you mad. The police, the police officer. officer in Tribuco Canyon, when we were walking through the parking lot one day, he pulls up in his police car and he goes, Kelly girl? <laughs> and Captain Dave? But oh. he said Kelly girl first. And I was like, holy oh, poop, we're going to jail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm like, I didn't do it. I'm an innocent man. But, no, that's how she got her name back a long time ago. Yeah. There's a website called Blood. Bloody Decks, it's called BD Outdoors now, but back then it was called Bloody Decks. And you had to pick a, a, like a cute little yeah, handle. Or, yeah, I, and that's uh, what she put up. Yeah. And then she probably had it before that. Her dad probably called her that. I don't know. Uh, no. no I don't he know. called you a lot of things. He called me a lot of Kelly. things, but it wasn't Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so anyway. So that's, that's what story. we got, Brad. That's our story. It's not that exciting, but. And what's this little thing running around behind us? That's our monkey. This is Marley. That's Marley, the smallest monkey in the world, eight and a half inches tall, full grown. All right, let's see here. Um, uh, I think, oh my gosh, nobody's, oh, wait, wait, wait. This is from uh, John Rowe. Okay. Have you heard of the new small, medium, no, small Mad Max? Are, are, they, are they catching anything? Here's what I saw, the, that small Mad Max. I don't know if it's going to swim at 13 or 14 knots. I don't know if it's going to ha it has enough weight in it, John, to actually stay in the water. And they're kind of the same shape as a um, Oh my gosh. I just had uh, marauders. The, the, <laughs> sorry. They're almost the same shape as a marauder and I remember when we started playing with the smaller ones fishing for Wahoo. They had a tendency not to swim at higher speeds where these Mad Max are so effective at that 12 to 14 knots, but they have to be that size so they stay in the water and keep swimming. So that's what I think. And John, I forgot to send you the message. You're, I got the message this morning. You're Swing by Okuma. Go up there. Give me a text message or Kelly, Kelly a text message will give you the address. Swing by there. My rod's ready to be picked up. All right. Okay. Gang, also, a lot of you are leaving questions on YouTube and Facebook. We can't answer them. I can't answer those questions. You have to text them to me. I want to answer your questions. we got like 30 of them over there on the side of the computer. I would love to answer all of them, but you just got to text them to us at 949-374-0786. Don't be afraid to let us have your phone number, gang. Kelly Girl will not be calling. I know she likes to call everybody, but she won't be calling you, so don't worry. All right. Um, here is, uh, this is from John Stanley. All right, John. No, 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 this is not John Stanley. Okay, John. No, I'm Bye, sorry. John. I made a boo-boo. I make a mistake. It's not from John Do you John want Stanley. the glasses? I, yeah, I can't, you know, I'm like this. I am There you old. go. This is from, it is from John Stanley. Now, let it glance right. my eye when I can see it. This Put is from on John the glasses. Stanley. It'll be more fun for you. All right. right. Let me read this. This, uh, he wants to know, he says, I'm sure you've had many great experiences on the water. What was the worst experience you've had that you absolutely won't put up with again? Well, I don't know that I could pick just one. Okay. Um, I don't like to be, well, I got super, super duper duper seasick on the freelance. On the 4th of July. On the 4th of July. And we were on a twilight trip. Well, it was it was a trip. Yeah, it, it yeah. was twilight fireworks show. Everybody want when Dave was running the boat. Everybody wanted to come and come up to the wheelhouse and talk to Dave. And I, it was real rough. It was awful weather. And I got so sick. And I had to have, Dave had to tell everybody to get out of the wheelhouse because I was I was going to get sick. And I did as soon as the last person was out of the wheelhouse. Dave handed me a, a little waste paper, waste, waste basket, basket, and I just threw up. And after that, I had a. It took me a while to get my sea legs. I mean, I, I, I would just step on a dock, and I wanted to barf. Um, that was horrible. That was really bad. I didn't like that. So yeah, but I mean, you know, it just you have to, you know, keep going out on the water to get used to it. But that first time I got seasick was awful, and plus, just I was with all these people, you know. So, that was it. That, was that it. 
that was it. Mine are, mine are always weather-related. My worst experiences were always weather-related. But back to what Kelly was talking about on the freelance. When I ran sport boats, I was a weirdo. I was <laughs> the weirdest captain you've ever seen. I invited everyone to come up in the wheelhouse on every trip. My crew hated it because there was nowhere to go to hide up in the bridge on any boat I ran. I would invite every single passenger to come up to the wheelhouse and check it all out. That way I could explain to you what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I would take the power away of the people down there on the deck complaining that the captain doesn't know what he's doing or he won't take us to where we want to go or he won't show us what we want to do. I tell him in the announcement on the way out of the harbor. I would say this, and I, and I know you know that I would say this because you listen to me enough on these podcasts. This is how I would say it. I'd give my safety speech, and then right afterwards I'd go, okay, gang, I haven't been out on the water since yesterday, so I'm sure a lot of you know way more about what we should be doing than I do. So feel free to come on up in the bridge and let me know where we should go and what we should do and how we should do it because I'm sure you've been out way more than I have. Like I said before, I haven't been out since yesterday. So come on up and let me know where we should go and what we should do. And those of you that caught fish on your little boat last year with you and your buddy, I need to know what you did and where you were at because I only got 90 people on the boat today, but I definitely want to know where you and your buddy caught fish. I would do that every trip. And then it takes all the power away and it brings humor into it. And then come on up in the wheelhouse and enjoy yourself and see what we're doing and look at all the electronics and I can explain it all to you. I'm a weirdo, so that's what I would do. Yes, he is. And I'd get in trouble by the owners sometimes. You have a bunch of people in the wheelhouse yesterday? Absolutely. But it's not against the law. There's not a Coast Guard. It's not against the law. All right. All right. I'm not sure who this is from. There's no name, but this person would like to know what's the best color uh, iron for yo-yo yellowtail fishing off the Coronado Islands is. And are treble hooks good or better to switch out for single hooks? All right, I like to use the treble hooks fishing those yellowtail. I like the treble hooks. It's much better hook set for me. I, like I always say, gang, and I know there's a lot of you on here that are going to argue with me all the time. That you have at it, but I, I only can tell you how I like to do things. And fishing for a living for 48 years, this is how I like to do it. I like the treble hook. I don't like to switch the hook out to a single side hook when I'm yo-yo fishing on the iron because what's going to happen is that fish 90% of the time is going to come up and grab it in the middle. We call it dog boning. And if you keep winding and you don't swing, you're going to drive those three treble hooks right into the side of that yellowtail's mouth. That's a way better hook set than if you have a big single side hook when he comes up and he grabs that thing as a dog bone and that single side hook's swinging back and forth and you wind, it'll go right by his face and he won't have a tendency to get hooked. That's why treble hook. And then the colors, if you always have to have a blue and white. There is very, very few people on the planet that are going to tell you blue and white isn't the hot dope. Blue and white, green and yellow, and then whatever you want after that. Then it's just a preference of the fisherman. It has nothing to do with the fish. Blue and white or green and yellow, those are the two go-to yo-yo irons. Those are it. And then everything else after that is just they're designed to catch fishermen when they start throwing all the different colors on there. They catch a lot of fishermen with those, but I'm not yo-yoing without a blue and white or a green and yellow ever. And if the guy next to me gets bit three times on the red and white, then I might ask, maybe I should change the red and white. But I guarantee you, it's how you present your lure. 
It's how you wind. It's how you present it that's going to get you the bite more than the color. All right. Thanks. Thank you so much for asking that question. This is uh, this is from Joe, and he wants to know uh, how the yellowtail uh, bite is uh, looking, and are they getting bigger? All right. That's a great question. I was looking at some uh, posts from some of the long-range boats over on Facebook, and they're starting to show some 20-pound-plus yellowtail coming off the patties down below. And then the fish at San Clemente Island are that bigger grade to the smaller grade. There's fish from 5 pounds up to 25 pounds. Our good One of our guides, Sonny, was at Channel Islands yesterday, our day before yesterday, and he said that most of that fish over there is 20 to 30-pound fish. He had a 30-pounder for his, for his client. There's a lot of that bigger yellowtail showing up mixed up with the smaller yellowtail. Now that we're having some consistent weather where we just don't have that gnarly northwest wind day in and day out, day in and day out, the water temperature has trickled up 62, 64 in a lot of places at the islands. That's going to click that yellowtail bite off. And all the squid that we've had at the islands, there's a lot of yellowtail at the local islands. As far as that kelp patty fish goes, Right now in Southern California, that, that's a smaller grade yellowtail. That's a 5 to 10 pound fish, 99.9% .9 of them. But there are a few 20 pounders licking on the kelps. But everything's about to flip. This moon phase that we're going into right now is the moon phase that's going to click us into the season. You watch. Mark my words. You're watching the show right now. With the consistent temperature of the water, the consistent clarity of the water, as soon as we get out of this full moon phase that we're in right now, you're going to see some astronomical fishing. The, the volume of bluefin behind Catalina, between Catalina and Clemente and outside of Clemente right now, we haven't seen that this year. There is a lot of fish, and there's a lot of that big fish. As far as the yellowtail and sea bass go, both Catalina and San Clemente Island are both plugged full. Down at the Coronados, it's not getting a lot of coverage. There's not a lot of boats down there looking, but I would think that's going to fall right into the trap. And after this moon phase, I think everybody need, is poised and ready for this whole thing to change, and we're about ready to start the season. Over here first. Over right here. This. <laughs> All right. Tim Ogilvie has a question. Uh, he wants to know how long uh, Flora do you use between your uh, braid and surface iron? 18 inches. 20, 24. I'd probably start out with a two-foot-long piece, and I'll get it all the way down to where I still can tie the knot. But I start out with a 24-inch piece, two-foot-long piece. You know, that. And I keep using it until I can't tie the knot anymore. And, and uh, I all my rods have a soft tip, so that's why I'm not using any monofilament. I'm using straight braid to, to floral. But listen, I watch a lot of videos from the sport boats, the problems they're having with people fishing with straight braid. <clears throat> straight right. braid. People aren't paying attention to their line, and they're causing some of the most unbelievable tangles I have seen in my career. I can't believe these tangles that I'm seeing with Ali R posted on the Player Supreme or our uh, Connor Shanahan posted on the Shogun. They're showing me some unbelievable pictures, and they're like, "Hanson, you need to, you need to talk about this on your show." <laughs> Funny thing is, gang, I'm and Kelly goes, "You need to be more humble." I'm going to tell you something right now. The industry is watching every single day. It's amazing.
They're talking about us. They're talking about us, huh? They're talking they're about, talking about us. you. No, they're talking <laughs> about us. They're like, look at that. Hanson's posting another video. And, oh, my God. All he does is post videos all day. Yeah, because I got a lot of stuff to talk about. And you're all you think about. I am. I'm all I think about. <laughs> all right. All right. Did you answer? Did you finish? I don't question? even know what the question was. Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. Tim, I answered it for him. All right. What mono knots are best for live bait hooks? And should you retie after every fish? Or fight. The improved cinch knot is what I show on my website. It's what I tie. I've been tying it my whole life. It works flawless for me. Because you only know how many knots. Five. Five knots. And I <laughs> post them all on my website. The five knots that Dave Hansen knows how to tie that's allowed him to fish for a living for 48 years. And the improved cinch works perfect. The San Diego jam knot works perfect for the iron because it's an easy, fast knot to tie. But I use the improved cinch knot every single day. And what I do after I catch my fish, I unhook it, I rub, I just really quick, and most people don't even see me do it, I just rub my hand, fingers down the line if I feel any frays or anything, clip it right off with, because I, I got cutters for teeth, I'll clip it right off, pull that knot off, retie it, throw it right back in the water. The whole process might take eight or nine seconds. But I'm constantly checking if there's any, any amount of, type of fray or a nick in the line or anything, I retie instantly. But I've checked every fish, calico bass, rockfish, tuna, whatever I'm catching. As soon as I get that fish on the boat, I pull my hook out. I feel the line real quick. And if there's no nicks or anything, another bait on right back in the water and I'm fishing. But it's an improved cinch knot. If you don't know how to tie it, I show it real quick, real easy on my website, yoursaltwaterguide.com. And it's a really effective knot. Kelly Girl is very, very good at tying it too. Because it's an easy knot. It's good for children. Yeah. Oh. Wayne, what do you mean, poor Kelly? <laughs> Kelly gets to <laughs> be you, with Wayne. me every Thank day. <laughs> Kelly gets to be with me does. every there day. Are, there are a handful of you out there, probably more than a handful, that understand what I probably what I go through with this guy. Poor He's Kelly. He's a handful. He's a handful. Poor, poor Kelly. Yeah, poor me. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> poor me. <laughs> All right. All right, so... Dan, um, Dave Hill would like to know. Hey, buddy. Sorry I missed you when you were down here fishing. Looks like you had fun without me, though. Okay. He wants to know. He actually has two questions. He wants to know where I got the big lobster. Okay. And uh, the other question is, when you're fishing with a iron, do you use a swivel? Never. I never use a swivel for anything. I don't use a swivel for my... Uh, for my uh, Rockfish fishing, I don't use a swivel ever. Why? Because swivels, two extra knots that you don't need to tie. It gives you more of a chance for failure. And then a lot of people use a swivel on their iron because they don't want to tie, retie, and retie because they just unsnap it and put. But I've been diving, Dave, my whole life since I was a little kid, and I have never once seen a fish. <laughs> swiveling around with the swivel hanging off of his nose. <laughs> so when you have that swivel on the, on your iron, on your lure, out in front of it, that's one thing the fish are going to see that may, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the guys that fish with swivels all the time are going to tell you it doesn't affect the bite, but I'm not tying one on my line. And I'll stand up next to any one of them and fish side by side with them and we'll compare scoreboard at the end of the day. But uh, I think the swivel takes away your ability to catch another fish or catch 
I, the dumb fish are going to eat it all day with the swivel on it. But most of the fish I fish for are really smart. Really smart. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. Of course. And then it's something I told these guys I was fishing with yesterday. We lost a couple of nice rooster fish, and they're all, one of them guys said, oh, that was a small rooster fish. And I'm all, stop it. Don't ever say that. We never lose little fish. <laughs> we only lose, if you lose a fish, it was the biggest yeah. fish you've ever hooked in your life. Remember that from today forward. You don't lose little fish. That's ridiculous. Why would you go around bragging about right. losing a little right. fish, yeah, right? right? We don't you lose little fish. We whopper. only lose big giant whoppers. Yeah. And uh, I hear more questions yeah, coming in. Like it's full speed, one. baby. They heard you're going to give away your saltwater guide. And Mike Lewis, Kelly Girl is going to ship that shirt to you eventually. She's oh, just oh. she's just hanging oh, yeah, on. I forgot waiting. that. I'm just waiting. She's just waiting. You know. You good things take. I'm waiting. You know, maybe maybe you want a long sleeve or a short sleeve. I'm just kidding. I, yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an answer why I'm waiting. And I'm really sorry, though. But I'll do that today. As soon as I'm, as soon as we're done here, I promise I will. After she makes my lunch. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, this is from Nicholas. And he, um... He's asking, do you have a good explanation why there have been so many big bluefin tuna off Southern California the last few years? Could it all end quickly if water conditions conditions change? Yeah, I think it's it's a cycle, it's a cyclical event. But then I also think in my heart that if it didn't switch after this winter, if they didn't leave, I think they're going to be here for a very, very long time, gang. They... You couldn't have taken the Etch-A-Sketch and shook it any harder. And if you don't know what an Etch-A-Sketch is, it's because you're young. But the higher power, whatever you choose to call it, he shook this ocean up pretty good this this winter. I don't think you're going to see a better shakeup, a better weather change, a better current change than we saw this winter. And the fish are right back here. Yeah, they took a. They didn't just start biting right away and the end of April, beginning of May, like they have the last few years, but they're here now. They're putting on a heck of a show. These big fish are starting to bite. And uh, the superstars of fishing are going to start catching these big fish again, the Instagram fishermen. And, and the whole world's going to go back to being good. And everything's going to be okay because the internet fishermen are going to start catching oh, these geez. bluefin. And it's going to be really, really good. And everyone's going to be really, really happy because all of a sudden, the really, really big fish are biting. But I don't think they're leaving. I just think we got proved that history is out the window. The whole world, the whole ocean's broken. And uh, this bluefin's here to stay. I don't think it's going anywhere. People go, oh, when the water gets cold, they're going to leave. Well, they did. When the water gets hot, they're going to leave. Well, it did. Look at last year. That Dorado, we were catching Dorado full speed, 81, 82 degree water, and we were catching bluefin. There's no rhyme or reason for why they're here. You can throw all the history books away. You can throw all the the weather uh, patterns away. None of it matters. They're not going anywhere. They're here to stay. I don't think it's all going to go okay. away one day. All right. Sorry. Good. Uh, the, Mike Lewis, no, it wasn't the porch pirates. <laughs> but I I was going to text you and ask you, oh, did you get your shirt yet? <laughs> have, have you received it yet? And blame it on the postal service. But no, it's my fault. I did not uh, send it, and I will do it today. Uh, Kirsten Rowe would like to know, hey, Kirsten, wants to know uh, what is uh, your favorite way to cook calico? Oh, 
tacos. Tacos, right? I make the most killerest fish tacos. But I, how do you prepare? Tell I me. got this recipe from an old time friend that's no longer with us. But here's what him and his wife would do. They take the calico bass fillets and they put them in sweet butter. They And they actually saute the meat in sweet butter. And as it's slowly cooking, you don't put it real hot. You just slowly cook it and start to chop the meat up as it starts to turn white. We don't do that thick beer batter that a lot of people do with their tacos. What we do is we take it and we cook it in sweet butter with fresh garlic. And then we chop the meat up real fine like you would a hamburger. Okay. Then we take corn tortillas. We make them very, very soft corn tortillas and you lay the, uh, or excuse me, you start with the corn tortilla, then you put shredded cheddar cheese on the tortilla so it has a tendency to melt when you put the fish on it. Then you put the fish on top of the corn tortilla and the cheese. And then, so it's just, you sprinkle that fish on there. Then you take and you put fresh green cabbage, sprinkle that on top of there. Take some pico de gallo salsa, sprinkle that on there, then drizzle a very small amount of buttermilk ranch dressing. Oh, and I can eat 20 of those at a time. It's the very, very best way. We miss I, those. Yeah, there's no other way. I, feel, I don't think we've, I've ever had And we had miss those. There's yeah. nothing like that down here. We don't have calico bass. I know we could, we've done it with schnook and we've. We've done it with uh, Cabrillo. Oh, but I do miss those days. It's not calico bass. I would come home from fishing all day, and Kelly and I would have a handful of calicos we would take home. Oh, what am I saying? We would take all of them that we caught <laughs> home. Yeah. Yes, yes. We weren't thinking we were going to save the planet by throwing back illegal fish. That's not us. We're not those people. Oh, and so, okay, someone has a question, and they, um, <laughs> that's Tim. Have you ever fished with Sammy Hagar? No, that is not <laughs> Sammy Hagar. That picture is our good friend, Horace Barge. He is a very good friend of Kelly and I's, and he's not Sammy Hagar, and him and I went sand bass fishing about eight years ago, and I posted that picture. That is not Sammy Hagar. <laughs> but boy, oh boy, the internet went bananas when they saw that. I got people going, Sammy doesn't even like the fish. How'd you get him to hold the fish? <laughs> That isn't Sammy Agar. That's Horace Barge. Horace Barge. Horace Barge. Okay. Kirsten would also like to know how how many and what length length gaffs do you recommend on a boat? Okay. This is going to depend on the size of your boat. If you got a boat your guys' side, I'm going to have two gaffs. I'm going to have one large gaff. I'm going to have one small gaff. What's the length on them? The large one's going to be six feet. The small one's going to be four feet. Why, a big, why that longer one? Well, if you have to go up to your bow of your boat and you have to dig down to catch that big bluefin or something, but that four-foot gap will work all day, every day because it gets into the water. As far as the hook size goes, we have big hooks. We have small hooks on the gaffs. I like the smaller hooks. Even when I'm fishing that bigger fish, I like the smaller hook. It's easier to drive it into them. I can get that chest shot on that bluefin and flip that thing over with a small gaff hook. And once he's upside down, then we can throw a couple bigger gaffs in him and drag him into the boat. And you've seen that on our videos. But I have two on my skiff, always a four-foot and a six-foot. All right. This is Joe from Arizona. Hey, Joe. How are you feeling, and, buddy? And um, he, he'll be driving down to San Diego at the end of the month. 
are the bait barges selling squid? San Diego does not sell squid ever. They don't have squid down there. The Everingham Brothers strictly fish fin bait. Sardines or anchovies, 99.9% .9 of the time they have sardines because that's what the long-range fleet wants. So the chance of buying squid in San Diego is pretty much not happening. No one down there sells squid. They don't sell it at the bait barges. That's a Long Beach, L.A. Harbor, Catalina thing. Aw, bummer for San Diego guys, right? It has been that way forever, though. Okay, uh, uh, let's see. This is uh, John Stanley would like to know, do you know how the term he farmed the fish came from? When oh, yeah. Loses the fish. Absolutely. So this goes back to what we were just talking about, Kelly, girl, and I. We don't throw legal fish back because we know we're not saving the planet and it has zero effect on the population of the fish in the ocean. By Kelly or I, the fish we caught with our fishing pole, we're not that good a fisherman. We'll never be at the rest of your level. We just try. We try. But we know that it's not going to change the population of fish in the ocean. But when you swing on a fish and it comes off your hook, the reason why we call it farming and a lot of us old timers call it ranching because when you're ranching or when you're farming, you're raising crops, you're raising food, you're raising animals. So when you lose a fish, we're like, you're farming the sea. You're simply, you fed that fish, you gave them something to eat, but you didn't feel the need to rewind them all the way in. So you farmed them, you let them go, you just... You're raising them. You're ranching them. That's why we say that. That's where it came from. It was They were talking about it before I got in the business in the early 70s. They were calling it farming. And then those of us with the big smart mouths, we started calling it ranching. <laughs> yeah, ranchero, we call you when you lose your fish. Ranchero. All right. We have another question. This is going back of the subject of gas. What's the proper way to gaff a halibut? The proper way to gap the halibut when it comes up to the surface, you want to look at that fish and you, you want to gap him up by his head, but not on the stomach side. If you look at a halibut, you're going to see that sh the shoulders on the top of the halibut and then the belly and the, the pec fins are sticking out down on the bottom. You really don't want to hit him in that pec area because that stomach's a very soft part of the halibut. You want to try to hit him in the shoulders up right behind his eyes in that thick part of the meat right there, that's going to be a solid thing. When you gaff a halibut, though, it's got to be one smooth movement. You have to hit him with the gaff and come right on the boat at the same time because the minute that fish feels that gaff, he is going to turn into a lunatic. He is going to go <laughs> absolutely bananas. He's going to flop up in the air. He's going to fly off the gaff. I see so many people walk up and just nonchalantly gaff it, and then they don't bring it on the boat right away, and he flies out of the – he hits that – when you hit him with the gaff, his whole body undulates, and he pops right off the gaff, and then he takes off again. So you have to be – when you gaff a halibut, you have to be ready to put it on the boat at the same time you hit it with the gaff. There's no hesitation. And then throw him on the boat and get out of the way because he's going to go bananas. All right. Okay, we have one last question. Really? Yeah, we have one last question. <laughs> oh, we're already an hour and yeah, two minutes into so the show. Here we go. So, um, I told Kelly, girl, I'd only take an hour of her time. She has a lot I of this. So much. She has a lot of house don't. to clean. I do. No, I don't. Well, then that's kind of along the lines of what are the pros? Someone wants to know what are the pros 
and cons of living in Cabo uh, San Okay, the pro, zero crime. Zero, zero. If you zero don't do, crime. if you're not, if you're not into trouble, you know, you're not a drug dealer, you're not looking for drugs, and then you're good. Which we are not. We don't drink. We don't do, you know. So we're not, we're not looking for that. But if you are, then you're probably going to get into some trouble. There'll probably be some crime. But it doesn't matter where that. you are. You're going to find that. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if you're in Chicago or L.A. or wherever. Right. If you're cruising around like a drunken idiot. Mm-hmm. Or you come down here trying to sling drugs, you're going to prison. Well, they don't send you to prison. The real cool thing about crime down here is if you commit crime, you just disappear. So that's why there's yeah, no crime. Yeah, it's true. It's true. People just disappear here. They don't have like the... You're not going to court. You're not getting a lawyer. <laughs> you're not going to do, do, do. Yeah, but there's no crime. Our, just in case you come down to here, our cars are in our driveway 24 hours all the, the time. keys are in the car. Keys are in the car. We don't take them out because then we'll lose them. We don't know. We don't lock our house. We don't even know where the key is to the house. We don't even. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't even know our address here. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We don't. The mail. There's no mail. There's no mail. Yeah. That's a cool thing. Think about that. We don't go to the mailbox and get the mail because there is no mail. Okay. Let's see. What else? What other pros? How, how do we pay our electric? Bill. Online. No, at Oxo. Oh, yeah, you go to the liquor store. Or the, yeah, the <laughs> yeah, liquor store. You go to the liquor store to you pay your it. utility bill. Yeah. That's how it's done. There is no other way unless you, well, I guess you could pay it online if you knew how to read Spanish. If you, no, you, yeah, you can, you can pay it online. Or, but if you do, if you don't pay it online, you can pay it at the uh, Oxo, Oxo, which is like 7 Eleven down here. 7-11. Um, another pro is um, the food here is is great. It's so and inexpensive. It's and we could just go zip down the street and go to Taqueria and, and be amazing. Food's great. Beaches are great. Um, what are some cons? Let's see. How much time do we have? No, no mail. No mail. No, there's some cons. Are quite okay. You okay, can't you just, tell you them your cons because I think this is the greatest place I've ever. No, been, it's so. well, it's it's nice. How if you're a lot of people think, oh, you live in Cabo, how awesome. But it's because they're probably thinking of the time they came here and stayed at a five-star resort and didn't even leave the resort. So yeah, that's Cabo's cool. But we live here. We, you know, we have to go grocery shopping here. The shopping is the the biggest uh, negative, I would say, for me anyway. I can't just go to Sephora. Target or my mom. It's so funny. My mom will tell me, or I'll say, "Mom, you know, I'm not feeling good. I, I, I have a, I have a, I have a headache or whatever." And she'll go, "Oh, well, just go down to CVS." And I'm like, "Mom, you know, Mom, we don't have CVS. Oh, you don't? <laughs> what about Rite Aid? No, we don't have a Rite Aid. So there's those things, those stores that I miss. I have to do." Amazon a lot, which is hit or miss here in, in Mexico. Sometimes you get your stuff, sometimes you don't. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's really hot here. It gets really, really, really hot here and humid. So if you're not into that, you won't like it here, huh? Yeah, it does get really hot, but you know what's really cool? We have air conditioning. Yeah. And we have the ocean. Yep. Right down the street. Mm-hmm. We have the Sea of Cortez, the water right yeah, now is 84, here. 84 degrees. Yeah. We have a beautiful home. It's a home. It's, yes. Oh, yeah, we have a house. We have Three a bedroom house. house. We pay $1,850 yeah, a month. I'm just 
<laughs> they ask for the pros. Um, yeah. And the crime thing is probably the number one. I, I'm not taking anything away from the city you live in, but we don't have a phenomenal amount of homeless people. Like, no, we don't have any. There's like one person I've seen homeless around here. <laughs> we don't have any graffiti. Driving is a con here. Driving the way people drive here, and I loved, I loved Mexico. I mean, I do love Mexico, but uh, the way uh, driving is is it's like the wild west. You just kind of got it. There doesn't seem to be any laws, huh? You, you just, get out you're there, just out and there do and it. You just go. You just got to be aggressive and you can't be afraid. And because, yeah. And the police down here, it's not like the movies. They're not here to hassle you. They're not here to bug you. If you get pulled over, if you didn't do anything wrong, stand your ground. Talk to them. And don't give them your driver's license. Ever. Not like, even for They're going to ask you for it. Don't. don't you can see it. Yeah, you can hold it up and show it to them. That's all. It's not a requirement by law to hand them your driver's license like it is in the United States. Mm -hmm. And then if you do hand them, you're going to have to buy it back. But then again, you, I mean, what are they, yeah, what are they going to do with your driver's license? Nothing here. But don't, don't give them your driver's license. Right. And then. Uh, and always just take the ticket. Just say, you know what, go ahead and give me the ticket. I will go. And then you go down to where do they go to pay it? I don't know, but don't just know. take the ticket. It's better. You'll be you'll get off cheaper than paying. But you feel pretty safe driving around here, right? Oh yeah. Besides totally. the way they drive. No, oh, but I'm used to it now. Though it, yeah, it's kind of fun now. It's like, you know, especially now that I have this truck. But yeah, I'm so comfortable driving here. I, I know in the beginning I didn't go anywhere. I would not go as. It was a big deal for me to go to Walmart down the street. That was scary, but now I go. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable driving. All right. right. Bill wants to know, Dave, did you start fishing or diving? Bill, I've been in the sport fishing industry since I was born. I was born in the sport fishing industry. My father's been a sport fishing boat captain and a sport fishing advocate since 1947. The Dana Point Harbor, they just... Uh, what did they do? They they named it after my they father. They dedicated dedicated it to my father. You're Don Hansen. We have a big long lineal of uh, sport fishing in our family, mm -hmm. and Don Hansen. That's my father. If you Google Donald K. Hansen, you would go, oh, okay. He's the reason why you get to fish for what you get to fish for wherever you live in the United States of America. He was a huge politician. He traveled all over the world set limits for the United States of America for all the different fish or yellowfin tuna or red drum, all that stuff. He was very, very, very dedicated to the fishermen in, in the United States of America. So I was born in the fishing thing and then I got into the diving thing because I just wanted to see what it looked like under the water where we were catching all the fish. Do you have tourist bugs? You guys do the tourist bug you guys over there. No, not even a little bit. No, that we try to help everybody whenever yeah. we see people that look like they're struggling or they're not. Or in the store, like in the grocery store, I get, you know, if someone's trying to, because in the grocery stores here, it's kind of different. You know, um, it's, they don't have everything that you have or we had back in the United States. And, and they like to move the move stuff around. They move everything around. Like one day, the, the tortillas are on aisle on six. The next day, they're <laughs> the on next aisle day 13. They're not, so, yeah, that's fun. You always look. It's like a scavenger hunt when you go to the grocery store. Yeah. 
But really, as far as cons, there's not a lot. Kelly can't go to the makeup store. She can't go to Sephora. She can't go to Ulta. But yeah, she's got a good life, I think. The one big problem right here is everybody, after what happened three years ago, everybody's decided that they can live here. And so it's very crowded here. It's very, very crowded here. And everywhere that there's a piece of dirt, they're building on yeah. it. So it's very dusty, like super duper dusty. Like there's construction going on everywhere, right outside our door. <laughs> right outside our, our door and right outside the house. There's construction everywhere here. Yeah, there's dust, dirt. Our house gets so dirty. If you dust. came down here, you would be blown I, away. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. The it's amount crazy of building going it. on down here, the amount of stuff going on, the amount of people buying property in Mexico right now is just absolutely mind-boggling. It is crazy how many people have moved here. Yeah. And the traffic is crazy. The traffic is getting crazy, yeah. Because there's really no infrastructure. There's no freeways or nothing. But the town isn't that big. I mean, we complain about the traffic, but yeah. her and I haven't been on a freeway in five years, so we really got nothing to complain about. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot. We have to create something to complain about, really. Yeah. No, it's not a lot, not a lot of cons, a lot of pros, for sure. Yeah, cost of living. Cost of living is like a third or maybe even less than a third of what it was in California. You get so much more. Like Kelly was saying, going out to dinner, her and I can go out to dinner tonight at a nice restaurant, eat really, really, really good food, and it'll cost we don't drink, so it'll cost us less than twenty bucks. Yeah. It'll cost us twenty dollars with the tip. If we want to go to the high end restaurants down in the marina, yeah, it's just like the prices in Newport. Yeah. But it's you go a block inland and it ain't it's not. I have someone clean my house. I could have a housekeeper here, which is something that I could do without because I'm, I love to clean, but I do have someone come in and it's very, very, very affordable. And um, that's, that's a cool thing. Kind of, you know. Absolutely. But yeah, I like to clean myself. I don't use her very often, but anyway. Yeah, we don't own the house here, Tim. There is no such thing as a 99-year lease. That was a big fantasy that was created by somebody that didn't want you to buy stuff in Mexico. There's never been a 99-year lease written down here in Mexico. There's some Ajito leases that were like 30 years old. There's like three 99-year leases in the United States, a couple in Hawaii and one in Florida on some plantations. But what is that? I'm 99 know. year lease. No, the, the other one you said. The Hajito? Yeah. That's the, uh, those are the native farmers oh, that started right. out here and they didn't want the gringos to come down here and take their property from them. So they set them up with yeah. these leases so people couldn't take their property. Kelly, could you ever live on a boat? No. I'm going to say no. It depends on what kind of boat it was and how big it was. If it was a like a 65-foot Viking, sure, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. If it was, you know, like... Ours, and we didn't have people come and go fishing and bother us. Yeah. <laughs> I could. Think I about could. putting all your wardrobe away and all your makeup and everything to go fishing on your house. I yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it just depends on the circumstances. I right. Think. But, yeah. Gang. Kelly Girl and I are going to wrap this up. I'm going to throw this QR code up one more time for Anchor, for Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. I want you guys to... Whoops, that's the wrong one. I want you guys to go over there. I want you to go and check out their products. I want you to get some of that coffee. But just by visiting the store, 
you're going to get a chance. Kelly's going to pull your name out of a hat on July 1st. You're going to get a chance to win a bag of coffee, win a T-shirt. It's going to be a cool little giveaway from uh, sponsored by Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. The product, we use it. We drink it every single day. It's a phenomenal coffee. And the best thing is it's a family-owned business out of San Diego, California. We need to support the small businesses in America, gang. It's just the way it is. And so go check them out. Please grab that QR code before we go. We're going to go in just a second. Grab the QR code. Make sure you go. If you're on Spotify or Apple or Megaphone or on uh, TikTok, go to Roasted Anchor Coffee Company and check them out. And if you do buy a product, if you do buy some of their coffee, you get a you get a discount by entering the code YSWG on your way out the door. The QR code is going to give you the discount already, but if you don't go through the QR code. Put in on the when they ask for your discount code YSWG. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to uh, go and take care of uh, sending out Mike Lewis's shirt. And then but we I, have to give wait, away. I am a little disappointed in you, Mike. I have to say. Uh oh. Because you didn't notice. I totally did my hair different. It's totally different. It's dark. It's darker. I got it. I did it darker yesterday. You didn't say anything. Mike Lewis, that's it. You're no longer. (laughs) I went darker. The blonde was just too. too Oh, he just sent you the size of his shirt. I know. I saw that. I saw that. I'll get it sent out. I'm going to get up right now and go take care of it. Okay. Well, who are you going to give the shirt to? um, I think. um, Oh, I think. How about. um, Oh, my gosh. uh, um, Joe from Arizona. Joe from Arizona, text message us your address and your shirt size. Kelly girl, right now, she's going to take the phone downstairs. She's going to send Mike Lewis his shirt, and she's going to send Joe his shirt right now. Joe, send us your... Oh, he wants to know if we have a spare room. <laughs> we no, <laughs> the we monkey. You well, have no, to sleep do, with Marley. Have to, so we do have two spare. We have a three-bedroom home. And we have our room, and then we have Marley has his own room, and we have a we do have a, a guest room. It's a guest room, and it's really cute. It's really it's like pink, and, you know, it's girly. But and it's my we call it my closet room also because that's where I hang up all my clothes and have all my shoes and all that fun stuff. But yeah, we do have a spare room. <laughs> yes, we do. So come see us. But send me uh, your address and your shirt size and um, so I can get a shirt out to you. Congratulations. All right, Joe. Everybody that helped us on the show today and sent in your questions, thank you all very much. Everybody that downloaded that QR code, I cannot thank you enough. Go over there and check out Roasted Anchor Coffee Company. You will not be disappointed with the coffee. It's insane. It's awesome. Plus, it's a family-owned business in San Diego, California. We will be back with you live tomorrow with our good friend, Mark Mills. If you've never listened to Mark before, if you don't know who he is, you're gonna you're in store for one heck of a show. He's got more energy than I have, and he's Mr. Enthusiasm, and he's got an opportunity to fish all over the world. He's going to have great stories for us. He started his career working at Dana Horse Sport Fishing, a little family-owned business in Dana Point, California. We're going to talk to Mark tomorrow. It's going to be a great show. Don't miss it. 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. Kelly Girl and I just want to thank you all. Yes, thank you so much for watching and sending your questions and your comments. And we have a lot of fun. This is fun. 
This is a lot of fun. So thanks, guys, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, everybody. Adios. Now, what are we going to have for lunch?